This is the morning brief from the Economic Times. The sound of the school bus honking and the driver saying, "Madam, jaldi karo," or the Tamil equivalent to that, has been the story of my life every morning throughout my school life. Being an absolute space cadet in the morning, a problem that persists in my adulthood, this small clip from Dare Zameen par brings back so many memories. But the thought that kids haven't had the chance to board a school bus for over a year and a half makes me feel terrible. I can't even imagine what it must have been like for kids through this pandemic. You know, being cooped up at home, not being able to meet their friends, or even just celebrating the small joys like hearing the school bell ring to signal the end of a period i let you in on a secret i only look forward to the math period ending sorry bhavani ma'am i also distinctly remember the collective joy when people knew it was break time everyone knew that there would be tiffin boxes open to share home cooked meals or people would go down to the canteen and buy some samosas and maybe something sweet on the side for a princely sum of 20 rupees that's for homework punishment lecture good good morning teacher fighting friendship must be beaty i got so carried away that you might be thinking this is a back to school episode but it's not Consider what just happened to be your morning assembly and now it's back to class. We're here to talk about the SEC or Subject Expert Committee's recommendation to authorize the COVID-19 vaccine to be used in children aged between 2 to 18 years of age. I'm your host Diyariki and you are listening to The Morning Brief. On today's episode, we have Dr. Gagandeep Kang Professor of Microbiology at CNC Bangalore and Dr. Anand Pillai Assistant Professor Global Institute of Public Health Anantapuri Hospitals and Research Institute Trivandrum to take you through what this move means and how you as parents and family members can look out for your kids With new variants of COVID-19 spreading at an alarming rate all over the world, vaccinating children is now being seen as a key to breaking this chain of transmission. Vaccines are also important for kids to return to schools safely, which have now been shut for nearly 15 months since the pandemic began last year. But let's get the basics right. The subject expert committee has recommended emergency use authorization for the vaccine for children. Now emergencies are of different kinds like realizing you're going to be called out in a class to answer a mental math question is a big emergency I found division and subtraction particularly hard I still get nightmares but as you can see my emergencies and my nightmares are clearly non issues so I got Dr Gagandeep to tell us what an emergency really means in this context in the indian information on regulation so this is the drugs and cosmetics act and the new clinical trial rules that were passed in 19 in 2019 there is actually no mention of anything called emergency use authorization 
there is something called restricted approval. But this emergency use authorization is a term that other regulators use, like the FDA. The WHO uses an emergency use listing, which essentially means that we haven't gotten all of the paperwork that are required for full licensure. But based on the information that we have, we think this vaccine or this drug is going to be safe and efficacious. So I'm assuming that the Indian regulators are borrowing from regulations available in other countries because there is actually in the Indian regulations no emergency use and no restricted use. There is only accelerated approval. And if you read that documentation, it seems to point towards being able to give a full license. This decision to roll out the vaccines for children has been in the works for a while. In fact, a few months ago, the AIMS chief, Randeep Guleria, had said that the rollout would begin in September. So vaccine trials in India are already going on. Bharat Biotech is already doing the trials and one is hopeful that the results will be out quickly. I think by September, the data should be out and we should be able to have the regulatory approvals by then. But here's something that you should know. The SEC's recommendation will be reviewed by the Drugs Controller General of India or the DGCI. In simple terms, while you may want to go to Goa, you first need permission from your parents. You may think it's a great time, but your parents might think otherwise. And even if your parents agree, is it the best time to go to Goa? That's what we asked Dr. Gagandeep too. Not about whether it's a good time to go to Goa, but whether it's the right time to roll out the vaccine. If parents are concerned and a child has a comorbidity, I would advise that they get vaccinated. The reason for my reluctance to say that healthy children should be vaccinated right now I'm not saying that healthy children should not be vaccinated ever. I'm just saying that we can afford to wait to make the decision for healthy children. And the reason for that is, let's look at the data from the vaccines that are available in India today. Right? We have Covishield. Covishield has not been evaluated in children. When you're thinking about protecting children, obviously you want to give them the best possible protection. So my own bias is always that we should try and generate the evidence in the populations that are going to be protected before we roll out vaccines. And in a situation where the pandemic is waning in the country, where the circulation of virus is decreasing, I think we have an opportunity to bring the science to be able to inform policy. If we introduce vaccines right now, we will give children an option that is available, but it may not necessarily be the best possible option. And she's not the only one who thinks so. Therein, the risk of severe infection is probably around about uh, 3 to 4%, and risk of death is probably 1 to 2. 
as in 100 reported COVID positive cases as far as adults are concerned. But in children, that is a much, much smaller figure. And we have had that clinical experience over almost a year and a half. So put it uh, briefly, the risk of severe infection and death in children is much, much less compared to the adult counterpart. So the second point of discussion is, what is the current scenario of the COVID pandemic in India as such? We know that we are well past the second wave. The cases right now are very less. And not only that, the surveillance studies, which has been done nationwide, which is estimating what percentage of people and children already have antibodies against the virus, predominantly from previous infection. And those numbers are quite reassuring right now. And the third point of discussion is when schools, if and when schools uh, reopen, what is going to be the, the public health consequence of children likely getting um, infected, which is a reopening schools in itself could be an impetus for another COVID surge. Why is that? Because one, our children are not yet vaccinated. Two, we have children from different neighborhoods, different community coming together in the school. They are mingling. There is a risk of um, virus transmission and they're taking the virus back to the entire community. So it's almost like a could be a ticking time bomb wherein there could be a sudden surge of cases uh, in the community. That was Dr. Anand Pillay on why he believes this may not be the best idea at this point in time. But here's what the World Health Organization's chief scientist, Samia Swaminathan, had to say about this. So the reason that today in June 2021, WHO is saying that vaccinating children is not a priority is because children, though they can get infected, with COVID-19 and they can transmit the infection to others, they are at much lower risk of getting severe disease compared to older adults. So is there no merit in vaccinating children? There are a number of conditions for which children should receive vaccines. There is an illness that predisposes these children to develop severe disease if they get infected. Obviously, children who are immunocompromised belong in that category. Children who have cancers, children who have certain other kinds of chronic conditions can be considered in these categories. And obesity can count because we know that at least in data from the West, we don't have a lot of data from India that I think when we think about children who have comorbidities, children who are obese can progress to severe disease, then they should be treated as a different subset from healthy children. And children with comorbidities absolutely should get vaccine, recognizing that what is available today may not be the best vaccine available in the world. But nonetheless, you because the risk is higher in these children of progression to severe disease, you would be willing to settle for a less than optimal product. But India isn't alone. A number of countries worldwide have approved or are toying with the idea of immunizing children. Israel has been pretty aggressive with its vaccine rollout. According to a report by the BBC, in June, 
Israel recommended vaccinating children over 12 after outbreaks in schools and is now already offering third doses as booster shots for that age group. Since July, it has also offered vaccinations for children aged between 5 and 11 in exceptional circumstances as they say, including severe chronic lung illnesses and congestive heart failure. Israel on Sunday officially launched its campaign to administer COVID-19 vaccines to adolescents between the age of 12 to 15. The move comes despite a health ministry announcement last week saying that it had found a small number of heart inflammation cases observed in young men who received Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine in Israel recently. The concern over the impact of the vaccines on heart health has been one of the foremost issues raised by the medical fraternity. The children might be taking the virus back home to their elderly parents, their grandparents, who even if they might be, most of them, it's been almost six months since most of our adults and the high-risk people with comorbidities have been immunized. And we are seeing reinfection in these um, high-risk population who are ending up in hospitals and ICUs. and coming to the most important point as to the safety and efficacy of the vaccines which are currently approved and the data substantiating safety in children for both these vaccines are rather premature the covaxin i think has been studied only in probably around 500 kids easily less than 1000 kids have been subject uh, to the study and i think psycho experimented the vaccine in less than 1500 children So those are very small uh, numbers in order to establish uh, safety as far as these vaccines are concerned. One and secondly, the safety in adults cannot be extrapolated to safety in children because the immunity in the uh, immune, immune system in kids is quite uh, different from that. We do not know what kind of safety profile these vaccines have on a long-term basis in children, particularly given the fact that. is only studied in a, a small group of of individuals and what is the way forward i think it is safe to tell that i think we should at least go ahead and vaccinate our children who have other comorbidities because they represent a high risk group who are at risk of severe infection and death the festive season is around the corner and being the kind of virus that covid is it is quite the party animal loves to get crash large weddings and festive gatherings and here i was thinking that was just me so one can't help but wonder if the government is looking to control the spread of the virus before diwali when it anticipates there could be a spike in cases so probably festival season is considered a risk because it leads to congregation of people and you would expect that all congregating adults now should be fully or partially immunized and the risk will then shift proportionately though not necessarily in absolute numbers to children who are unprotected by vaccination however if we look at the data from the zero surveys that seem to indicate that 40% of children across the country have already had exposure infection protects quite well against severe disease we are in a situation where 60% of children have already had some level of encounters with the virus that presumably will protect them so 
I'm not exactly sure what we are hoping to achieve by moving vaccination into younger age groups so quickly. I'd much rather see the government set a target for over 60s because it really bothers me that if we look at vaccination coverage in adults, it seems like over 60s are being vaccinated at the same rate as 20-year-olds. And that simply does not make sense because risk is very high for people over 60 and very low for the 20-year-olds and even lower for healthy children below the age of 18. While Dr. Gagandeep saw no harm in kids going back to school, Dr. Anand did feel like it was a move that could have been delayed for a few more months. Right now, many of the states are rushing to open uh, schools. It is more of a political move uh, to convince the public that we are back to uh, normalcy. And I'm not sure if we, we are ready to reopen the schools yet. And the reasons behind that is reopening schools in itself could be an impetus for another COVID surge. Why is that? Because one, our children are not yet vaccinated. Two, we have children from different neighborhoods, different community coming together in the school. They are mingling. There is a risk of um, virus transmission and they're taking the virus back to the entire community. So it's almost like a could be a ticking time bomb wherein there could be a sudden surge of cases uh, in the community. So despite of all that precautions that we might take, impractical to be containing the virus in a school atmosphere where they are bound to uh, interact without much barriers. We've told you what doctors, scientists and virologists feel, but this episode would be incomplete without hearing what parents thought of this move. Hello. My name's Shan Katari Libby, and I'm a mother of two teenagers. I think it's a welcome move and one that most Western countries are doing already. The age range in the UK is 12 plus, so I'm not sure about going as low as two. But so long as the dosage is accurate, I don't see why not. We simply don't know the long-term effects of COVID-19, so why should we expose children to it? So there's the argument about children having to wait until... Adults have been vaccinated due to the short supply. I don't think this passes muster because it's poor policy choices or lack of planning that has led to this situation. So I would definitely take my children and have them vaccinated. I'm Susan Thomas and the mother of a 16-year-old who is in class 12. He is in a crucial year and yes, physical classes are very important. However, I'm extremely nervous about sending him to school as he's not vaccinated yet. So I certainly welcome the idea of the vaccination for him. But I do want a vaccination that is acceptable internationally and that has been tested thoroughly. I don't want any experiments on our children. I'm Ratna. I'm the mother of a 15-year-old. We've been waiting for vaccines for kids for months since it is impacting the on-campus school. But I am apprehensive about it. My key concern is lack of scientific data available about the vaccines and the post-vaccination side effects. This is despite me and my husband getting a co-vaccine, but I'm, I'm, I would still wait and watch. And uh, it would be better if I have all data with me before I get my child vaccinated. Hi, I'm Nikki Bildens. I'm a photographer and mother to a 16-year-old daughter and we live here in the Netherlands. 
This is a really good decision because here in the Netherlands, children from the age of 12 to 17 have already got the choice to be vaccinated. The choice is given to the children, not to the parents, and only the children can decide. And many have chosen to do it, although at first they were a bit hesitant. If you're a parent wondering what to do, we've got you covered. Here's Dr. Gagandeep's quick checklist. First and foremost, all children who have comorbidities should be vaccinated. And we can take a very generous view of comorbidities. We know that some things are not a risk factor. For example, asthma is not a risk factor for developing severe disease. You have enough data to be able to assess risk in subgroups and then you make the decision. In India, if we take a look at Covaxin, Covaxin has been in tens of millions of adults. Where is our safety data from Covaxin? Are we convinced that our safety data is good enough to tell us that this vaccine is safe to put into children? Our safety surveillance could do with improvement. But even with that, if we say it's an inactivated vaccine, whatever safety surveillance we have in place is at least reasonable and it's not showing up a signal, then I'd be comfortable with saying, okay, can we use Covaxin in children, but do it with monitoring? And because I think that children with comorbidities need to be protected, if I had a choice of which vaccine should be chosen for children with comorbidities in India today, it would be Covaxin. If I was asked, which is the vaccine you would like to use for healthy children? In India today, my answer is, I don't know. And I would like for other platforms to also be available in India before we make a call on healthy children. Because what you give kids for the first time, the first dose of vaccine that you give to children, actually influences their immune response to subsequent infection and subsequent vaccination. You're shaping their immune response with that first dose. That's why I think choosing that first dose for healthy children that are at very low risk is a decision that needs to be made with a strong evidence base. And today, we don't have that evidence base. That's not all. Dr. Pillai too had some pointers. The recommendations should come from the health, public health experts in terms of when and which vaccine uh, to take. And as we had the long discussion right now, we don't think we have the answer to that. But one thing that we can all agree on is if uh, there are children with other medical issues. So other medical issues can be children with lung issues. There are more complex lung issues like cystic fibro. There are kids who have heart conditions, holes in the heart and uh, other congenital issues. These are definitely kids who are at a uh, very high risk of severe infection. And those kids should be vaccinated at the earliest, even with the current ones that we have. So I have to tell that Covaxin at the end of the day is a inactivated uh, virus, which tend to have less uh, side effects. And at least the data that we have so far amongst the adult is quite reassuring. And the small data that we have from children is reassuring to date, although it is inadequate for healthy children to be mass vaccinated, the children with medical issues, I think it's safe to go ahead and vaccinate them right now with the options that we have. So that is one thing. 
Uh, second thing, we have to always bear in mind the risk of allergies to vaccines, particularly what is called as an anaphylactic reaction, which is a very severe allergic reaction to a certain components of the vaccine or maybe to other drugs and food material. So children who have allergies, they have to be cautioned and preferably they should be vaccinated in a healthcare facility where the medical team will be available to troubleshoot if uh, a severe allergic reaction might uh, happen. It's always tricky to make a decision. Half the time, I can't decide whether I should marry Aditya Roy Kapoor or Farhan Akhtar. So I can't even imagine what making decisions that concern young lives must be like. Whatever the DGCI decides to go ahead with, Make sure you keep these pearls of wisdom in mind. A lot of people are very worried about their children going back to school and being unprotected. I think it's very important to understand that if your child is healthy, the risk is very low. And there are things that schools can and should do to ensure that children are protected before they receive vaccines. All adults in school obviously should be vaccinated. Well, ensuring that there is masking, there is lack of crowding, that there is good ventilation are all very important prevention measures. We used to call masks a social vaccine. That still exists. Masks work. And the better the quality of the mask and its usage, the better the protection that children will get from that. If children get infected, the risk to them is very low. But also, I think it's important for parents to understand that if their child gets sick or has symptoms or someone in the home has symptoms, keeping children out of school is a way of making sure that your child gets the attention that they need very quickly, get tests done, but it also prevents setting up a cycle of infection within the school. So all of these need to be borne in mind when thinking about kids going back to school. I think we will ultimately have vaccines in children, but because this is about setting up the immune response of children for the rest of their lives, it's a decision we should make very carefully. Here's to children experiencing school life in all of its physical and social glory and returning to the temples of learning and fun, safe and virus-free. This is me, Dia Reiki, your host for today's episode of The Morning Brief, leaving you with a song I've listened to on the radio almost every day on my way to school. Have a great day. This episode was edited and coordinated by Shashwat Bohanti. The audio editing and sound production for this episode was done by Swati Joshi and Varun Kapahi from Awaz.com. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode, but make sure to send in your feedback to the morning brief at timesgroup.com. 
and don't forget to share this episode on your social media. The Morning Brief drops every Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. Thank you for listening and have a great day ahead. All external sound clips used in this episode belong to their respective owners. Credits are mentioned in the description.